Hello there, and welcome to our first episode of The Witcher Chaos on the Ponta, a Let's Play podcast using The Witcher TRPG by R. Talsorian Games, with an original story and music by Elsewhere and Beyond. If you enjoy what you hear today, then consider visiting our website at elsewhereandbeyond.com, following us on Twitter at elsewherebeyond, or checking out our Patreon. My name's Leon, and I'm the Game Master. Hi, I'm Kim, and I'm playing Oda. Hello, I'm Matt, and I'm playing Ivargan. Hiya, my name's Raz, and I will be playing Arthwin the Grizzly. And hello, I'm Daniel, and I'll be playing Gorm. It is the winter of 1272. The North has been shaken by the death of its kings. The summit at Loch Moen has ended in bloodshed, and King Radovid now marches upon Kedwin to unify the North against the coming shadow of Nilfgaard from the South. The continent is on the brink of collapse. Fear and prejudice runs more rampant than ever before as witch hunters move upon mages, witches and alchemists. With each hopeless trial by fire, another innocent scream joins a chorus of agony across the realm, filling city streets with the wretched smell of burning flesh. Our story begins in the heartland of these troubles, in the city of Novograd itself. One of the largest settlements in the north, people fill the muddy streets in their plenty. Rows of buildings crammed close to one another gently slope up and lead toward the grand temple at the city's lofty centre. The eastern gate is the busiest on this day. Merchants and soldiers come and go. However, none of them stand out more than the Witcher in the crowd. Arthwin, you have travelled a long and dangerous road to get here. Now that you stand before the city of Novigrad, how would you describe yourself? Arthwin is a tall and handsome, fair-skinned man who appears to be somewhere around his mid-thirties. Though, as a witcher, he's uh, almost certainly quite a lot older than that. Uh, his long, uh, dark hair is loosely tied at the back of his head, and he has a big, bushy beard, which uh, shimmers with bright streaks of uh, grizzled sort of uh, gray. He wears a thick black and blue gambeson under a dark cloak topped at the shoulders with what looks to be the snow-white fur of a bear. And if it wasn't already obvious to those around him that they're dealing with a witcher, the pair of blades strapped to his back and the large bear-shaped medallion around his neck serve to dispel any allusion to the contrary. Well, uh, you look around you and you already notice that everyone is just sort of making space for you as you travel through the crowd. You see a merchant uh, walk past you with everything he owns on his back, all of his tools, all of his wares. Careful, mate. Where do you think you're walking? As he goes straight past you, pushes onto the gate. As usual, I ignore such remarks. And ignoring is the good, uh, the good course of action. But you don't ignore the fact that this gate is guarded. It has a few men on it. But you've seen worse. In fact, you knew to come to the East Gate because it was the one that was going to give you the least trouble. And as you approach and begin to pass through, even the guards take a step back and go, All right. Well, it's good. It certainly is. I'm tr uh, I attempt to be... Uh cordial and polite, although it comes off, so it comes off as more off-putting than not coming from me. Yeah, and they're like, oh! it's like they kind of shake a little bit as if it speaks. You see one of the others lean over and whisper to the other one, going, oh, it's too many witches for one week for me. I don't want to see any more of them, if you ask me. Oh, I don't ever want to see another one in all my life. And uh, you walk on through the archway. The stench, Arthwin, the stench is the first thing to meet your sharpened senses. The rotting smell of human waste wafts about you, and the sinking, muddy sludge gives way underfoot as you walk. City folk fill the streets, and only a few now pay heed to you as you pass. Because up ahead, crowds gather to witness something else. They, they witness a charred, 
and burnt husk of a body being lowered from a stake before the city garrison. That could be you next, calls out a man clad in rich brown leathers, a sword fastened to his belt and a foul look of smug authority across his face. Don't think we haven't known you witches. <laughs> you might have your pardons and purpose now, but someday soon there'll be mutant flesh for kindling. And he comes right up to your face, only about a foot away from you. And he has this brown hat on with the sigil of Redania on the top, a witch hunter. You've seen them before. My usual uh, strategy of stoic silence uh, seems apt here as well, although uh, it's quite difficult to keep uh, keep up uh, these appearances in, in the face of such a, an asshole. An asshole. It's definitely an asshole. <laughs> Absolutely. So I sort of just give him a a gruff uh, like puff of air in his face. He just looks you over, looks you up and down, until eventually another one of the witch hunters come over. They grab him by the shoulder. They whisper something into his ear. Can you go ahead and make me uh, an awareness check? I can certainly try. First roll of the game... 22! Very nice. Well, I, I, would have, I would have definitely said that, you know, if the DC was a little lower because you have them sweet, sweet witcher senses. But you can read the lip as, as well as actually hear the sound of the man saying, We captured them. They're on the way in. That witch hunter that was goading you sneers in your direction and says, Looks like I'm busy today. And turns away, walking towards the garrison. All right. I make silent note of what I heard. This might be important. But of course you remember why you're here. You have your mission, don't you? I certainly do. So what is your plan then, walking forward? You, you have this big, filled street of people, and uh, you, you, you came to the city. What next? Well, uh, I am on the lookout for a marketplace. I'm looking for... Uh, somewhere one, where one might find the services of an alchemist. Of course. You walk on for the next ten minutes. You pass by a couple of strumpets. All right, love. Oh, witch, uh, tingling skin already. Um, as you, you stride on past them and uh, a couple of young men are like, hey, you want to come in here? I can show you a good time. As, as per the usual, ignore everyone. You keep striding on past the Strumpets District and then moving past the more residential areas. You take a hop skip of the foot, dodging some human waste being thrown out of a lofty top window as it splashes down, not far from you, but let's be real, Arthwin the Grizzly. There's probably far worse on your cloak than human waste. This is this is possibly the first thing that nets a, a, an audible reaction from Arthwin. He, he uh, dodges the shite and... And, uh, and and expresses a, a short, a quick, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. You stride on. And then after those 10 minutes, you eventually come into a more open area. You go past a beautiful tavern in the square called the Kingfisher Inn. And you continue on to a market, an open-air market with, with tents and all kinds of bands playing music and drums and fiddles. The mishmash of sounds eventually kind of zones in as you're approached by somebody very gangly and stringy walking through the crowd, uh, teeth missing and an eye that's sort of like, you know, heavy lid as they come towards you. Hey, sir, you could give us a crown for a beggar. You look like you have a few. I, I certainly have a few. Uh, and uh, I um, think about it for a moment. And uh, give in, and hand him a hand him a single crown. A single crown, sir. What, boss? Surely I can pay you back in return. Not, not. Uh, surely something. You may actually, yes. I am. Uh, I'm. In, I'm searching for an alchemist by the name of Kalkstein. <gasps> Keep your voice down. Keep it down. He looks at you in in terror. His eyes flashing wild. You go south. You cross the bridge over the shallow waters. There you'll find his shop at the end on the small island. I didn't tell you that, okay? I didn't tell you that. I don't even know your name, so... He fades, <laughs> slunk skulking off into the crowd. And you hear him going, Boys, we got a crown! 
Alright. Uh, that seemed like a very decent lead, so I'm going to go ahead and follow that those instructions. Passing by the markets. And now into the more residential areas again. People that keep their hedges trimmed and the gardens in good shape. And as you're approaching the bridge to the south, you suddenly note a wagon coming towards you. A thick metal wagon. Robust. You already feel the shiver of uncomfort at the sense of the dimeritian metal. You, as a witcher, are not so heavily afflicted by such metal. But you do know, and you can feel it when it's nearby. The wagon, guarded by at least six men, a witch hunter on top of it, driving it, whips the horses into action. And you have to step sideways very quickly to avoid being struck by the horse charging towards you. And as the wagon goes by, you watch it leave. Meanwhile, inside the wagon, Vargan, you feel yourself shaking, swaying, and rocking with the motion of the wagon. You hear the hooves of the horses pulling it, the yells of soldiers and guards outside. Your head hurts, your vision bleary and blurred as you finally return to consciousness. You're not alone in the wagon. Others are with you. Now that they see you waking, as a man of Skellige, how would you describe yourself? I did just realize this is the opening of Skyrim, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does this start again? Isn't it like, you're finally awake. You're finally oh, awake. Oh, you're finally awake. <laughs> <laughs> the gotcha just as it crossed the border. <laughs> just your horse thief. I'm a horse thief. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, mood ruin. But, but uh, these people inside the wagon with you, how would you describe yourself to, to someone looking at you? All right. When he's not hunched over, uh, people usually take notes of his, like, uh, he's very tall, even amongst his own uh, people back on Skellige. So he is, like, abnormally tall. He's easy to spot in a crowd and all that. He has very natural, broad, like, uh, high shoulders that's almost always draped in, like, some kind of fur or even raven feathers. Given opportunity and a fashion and the amount of feathers he can get his hands on, which is not that many over here. It looks uh, young-ish, but at the same time aged because of the facial hair that has grown wild, unkempt. Uh, his hair is also equally wild and untouched, but his eyes like slowly trace around, trying to just get a sense of what's going on throughout the intense headaches. Well, you see an impish-looking older man scrunched up in the corner of the wagon. A scholarly type, uh, an, an alchemist, actually. This man goes by the name of Colstein. Yeah, you know this. You were talking to him in the shop shortly before the guards came charging in. That was it. And then next to him sits quietly a dark-skinned elf. Her ears are cut off and scarred at the tips. Her hair tied up in jet black long dreads that sweep down her back into a loose ponytail. Beside her, and nervously muttering to himself, frightened and pulling his knees to his chest, is a halfling man. His brown hair swept up and tousled, his youthful bright eyes alive, and an unmistakable quiver in fear in his lower lip. But looming over you is Oda. Dear Oda, your sweet, sweet daughter, Oda of the old ways. How would you describe yourself? Oda sits unusually still, chin down, shoulders slumped, her cuffed hands clasping onto her robe. She mumbles and whispers to herself, prayers to the crow mother. For a moment she looks up, the dimly burning cinders in her eyes crossing over those present and no longer present in the cart. Her face seems to be a canvas for the art she practices, a mural of symbolism. Her lower lips, ears and nostrils are pierced with small gold rings in the shapes of suns and moons, as gold as the beads her dark brown hair is braided with. She wears long earthy robes with sheer material covering her lower arms and legs. Her vials and pouches, however, are no longer present around her waist. Her staff no longer across her back. All she feels now is the dull blanket shrouding her senses, throbbing painfully around her wrists. But that's when the silence is broken and the dark-skinned elf speaks, she says. Uh, 
I was getting worried. I thought perhaps something worse had happened to you. As she looks down to Vargan. Are you okay? Who will live? Colkstein leans forward, shaking his head. I should never help that dandelion. I, I knew it when he was asking for what he did. And now they've raided the shop, so close to when our mission was to take place. Oh, two innocents no less involved in this. I, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry, my dear. As he looks over to you, Oda. You have nothing to be sorry for. The only ones that should regret their actions are out there. The halfling comes and sits next to you. He's got this big jumper on, this big tunic. He puts a hand on your shoulder, Odor, and he says, I do hope you're going to be okay. I hope you didn't get knocked either, he says, with a little bit more optimism than perhaps you expected. can only hope that we will be okay. His bottom lip starts to quiver again as he thinks about it. Ooh. There's nothing to hope for. He's going to look up a small dribble of blood from whatever injury just dripping down his eye. We're all going to be fine. I promise. And the wagon begins to shake furthermore and shift and over pebbles and rocks. And we fade out of that for a little bit. We'll come back to you shortly as you travel through Novigrad in a destination you do not know where you are going. I don't think it's a nice holiday retreat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if anything, I think there's going to be a spa and I think there's going to be yeah. some skin it's gonna treatment. It's going to be lovely. <laughs> I hope you like flailing. It's been so long since last time. You're going to love it, Oda. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the skin's on the outside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Optional. Optional. <laughs> Who puts the skin on the inside? No, we won't we won't question that. The Witcher, however, Arthwin the Grizzly, you are now making your way across the bridge. Please go ahead and roll me an awareness check. 16. Very good. You are a perceptive badger. Oh, you're a bear, actually. A bear's a no. <laughs> badger, Witcher. One of the things you notice a bit interesting is someone's tampered with the bridge. Oh. You can see that someone's packed some glass vials in there. And were you to get closer to sniff them or to deduce a little more, you would smell alchemist fire. This bridge has been rigged to blow at any moment. All it needs is to be triggered. Right. Do I know how that might be done? Usually by setting it on fire. Right. Um. Somebody has prepared this bridge to drop at any moment if they needed it to. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, uh, do I see signs of anyone in the area making moves? You look up, and it's interesting you ask that. You look up and you peer down the bridge. There is no one around. No one comes this way. What you do see is a soft and gentle black smoke coming out from the shop at the end. The building on the small island. I don't have a reason to not uh, follow the, uh, the lead, the only lead that I have as of yet, so I'm going to, as quickly as I can, make my way across this bridge. You make your way across the bridge, and when you reach the shop at the bottom, you see the sign hanging off one hinge where someone's vandalized it, and it said Colstein's alchemy has been defaced. Right. You see broken windows, the door has been kicked in hard, there has been a horrible struggle here. Even bits of slate of the roof have fallen off, and there is clearly some kind of candle or some kind of fire device has fallen over and inside. And this has all happened only possibly 15 minutes ago. And you could probably put the wagon with this together. Uh, so uh, immediately upon seeing the scene, I let out a long and drawn out... <sighs> of course. So I immediately kick it into high gear... You do see through the broken door a rather curious sight. I mean, you're a witcher. You've seen many sights. But this one is a little odd. There's a trunk in the middle of the shop floor, upside down. And all of a sudden, it just, just bumps. And it's just like, it's moving as if there's like something inside it. Mm. I uh, take the time to investigate the trunk Face it away from me before I reach over and open it. You finally relieved whatever inside was stuck because the fastened latches come free. 
the top spills open, and then this chubby furry creature rolls out from inside. <laughs> Daniel, would you please describe Gorm for us? Yes, um, Gorm is a werebub, uh, which can best be described as a uh, small blob of fur. Rolling round on the floor, he just kind of scratches his belly and he's like, ah, belly free. And he kind of just scratches his belly a little because it's a bit cramped in there. He's kind of chubby. And uh, then he quickly jumps to his feet and he just uh, faces this fearsome witcher. But in his mind, he's just as fearsome himself. Furry, beady eyes, button nose. <laughs> he just kind of faces this witcher with like his little claws and he has two big front teeth that he just kind of looks kind of not so fearsome as he thinks but but he thinks it's good and he's just like I save everyone now <laughs> right so at this at the immediately at the sight of fur Arthwin's hand is on his silver sword and his uh his hand is uh, between him and whatever this creature is. <laughs> in that moment, there is a sudden loud and deep, I want to say barking, but I'm going to say balking, because I feel like that would summarize it better, as a back door blasts open and this huge mastiff, this big old strong dog comes <laughs> bounding out, coming to a full skidded stop next to Gorm, the werebub, and looking at you and barking ferociously to protect what appears to be its master. <laughs> Boxley. He has a dog. <laughs> okay, so uh, at, so this is uh, unusual. I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and relax my stance, and instead of attacking, I simply go, "What are you? What are you doing here?" Gorm, you, we go save people. And Gorm just kind of very quickly and very nimbly, surprisingly nimbly considering his wobbling belly, kind of leaps on top of uh, the dog, much taller now than he was before, but still kind of just going maybe a little bit above your waist. You? Who are you? Arthwin, you may call me. Uh, Witcher. Uh, I'm looking for an alchemist. You're, you're a witch? Witcher. Witch! Witch friend! Witcher, the... Come, we go save! Everyone, come, come! And then the Barksley just kind of darts out of the door. No further conversation, just the dog just kind of darts outside and starts running ahead. No further conversation necessary. The, the beauty is, Arthwin, you haven't spoken to anyone for maybe months <laughs> on end. Uh, and this is that one time when you would have perhaps liked a bit more conversation to understand <laughs> what was happening. But this werebub riding a dog with its weapons in tow, has now charged out the door on its favoured mount. The situation's getting weirder and weirder, but uh, I'd already made the decision to follow the, the cart, so uh, there's... I mean, I'm off. I'm off after him. <laughs> keep up. You are a witcher, so you will do fine for to keeping up. That, that actually leads me to a, a, a real quick question. I came here on foot, did I? Yes, you did. Right. So you're just going to have to, we'll just assume, because dogs are dogs, that he gets about 10 feet ahead of you, or like 10 meters ahead of you, we should use. And the dog has to like either mark its territory or, or do a couple of like sniffs and, and, and you know, as dogs do. <laughs> Very ineffective mount. <laughs> <laughs> and this whole time, like the werebub's just kind of like rattling around on top of the dog. And Absolutely. It's, it's not a comfortable mount. But it's a very loyal, loyal mount. Very loyal, but not comfortable. <laughs> Very cute. Of course, uh, what you do see is a lot of locals go, Oh my goodness! As like a werebub, <laughs> which is a rare thing in the north, riding a mastiff makes off through the crowd. Gorm doesn't really have much of a plan. He's just kind of, <laughs> he's just no. riding ahead towards trying to catch up with the, with the cart. I think Arthwin has already figured out that there is no plan here, but uh, not much to do about it at this point. That's where we will return to the others in their wagon, because the wagon has come to a stop at this point. A horrible stop. All of you inside the wagon can smell that wretched burning of flesh. These people, there is no trial, it's just judgment. And I must add as well, I forgot to state, so you are all bound, and there is dimeritian chains across your ankles. So you can walk, but that is currently reducing magic users to a vigor of zero. Suddenly, Half dozen or so guards open the doors and you see a guard captain. You can tell he's better dressed. Higher rank comes forward. Okay. Right, let's get these ones up into the tower. 
We'll have interrogation, and then I think, well, time's dinner. Yes, we could do a burning maybe in the morning. I, I wouldn't want to upset my stomach. And they start loading you out. Oda, they grab you. They just grab you by the waist and they yank you. Vargan, even if you try to reach out for Oda, someone comes for you as well. And before you know it, there's like four men on each of you. It doesn't take long before the guards pull you up from under your arms to the point where you're just being like dangling along as they march you into the garrison, this this building that's home to these people with an armory, with areas to eat. And then they lead you through that, up the stairs to the higher level where you walked past a torture table with whips and thronged instruments. And then past a very thick wooden door into a urine-stenched cell. You see feces smeared up the wall, the iron bars, barely enough to get your hand through, as all of you are thrown into the same cell. The straw, the only comfort in there, these horrible wooden planks lay down from the walls which you could lie on. It takes a moment for them to leave, and you hear that giant door close and the silence permeates around the room. Broken only by Colgstein coughing. <laughs> the mission. Sansa, the mission. The first time he mentions her name, Sansa. Sansa turns her head to him. We are going to get out of here. We are. Morgan more or less just rises to his, like, his full height in a display of not being downtrodden more than anything. And then he does like a tentative, like just the jostling of the chains, inspects it a little bit before just nodding. There's no need to be afraid. We're not dead yet. No, but my boy, there is an imperative mission which must go ahead. We're trying to save all that we've gathered here in the Northern Realms. We're trying to make sure there's a future. And if my crew here can't get back to their boat, Everything will be lost. The halfling sits next to you, Vargan. Because he has to. You're so tall now that you're stood. He sits where you were. Oh, you like your optimism? I do. Are you really... As he goes to speak, the door opens to the cell. Suddenly, a man, robed, is pushed in. A sight, Vargan, that you had hoped not to see. Three witches push the man into the room. One of them you recognize immediately. Pushing him first with a glee of excitement in her eyes, you see Astrid blind eye. A woman torn by her time on the path. Messy, wild, blonde hair burns across her face. Her right eye, blinded. She has a grin on her face as she pushes this robed man into the room. And right behind her, you see another figure. Wide of torso, strong, muscular. His eyes, fierce and golden, streaks through his hair where he shaved it low into a buzz cut. Both swords crossed over at the back, not together on the side. As he strides forward and he, he has this meat hook in hand, menacing. But he's very apathetic. His face gives very little emotion. It's almost like none of this brings him pleasure. But behind him, the third witcher, a ferocious and stinking man. He's got wolfskin furs over his shoulders, but underneath that, his torso is bare, like a kind of a berserker. He uh, has a horrible matted ginger beard, his hair swept and wild. The woman, the female witcher, pushes the mage further down onto the floor and goes, <laughs> oh, you've taken a little fool. <laughs> she laughs and she cackles. The guard captain walks in, the one you'd been dealing with, the one that had you lifted up here. You found another one, mages, yes. Uh, payment will come to you in good time, I promise you. You will be well imbursed. The ginger-haired witcher walks forward. A viper witcher. I'm no idiot. You will pay us in full this time. No intentions for your scraps. No desire for your promises. We'll be downstairs waiting. The witcher turns strides out the stink of urine going with him. The other man, a cat witcher, stops. He looks to the guard captain and says, You didn't tell me Arthwin the Grizzly was here. I don't like when you keep information from me. The guard captain, frightened, 
takes a step back. I... I didn't know he was here. Next time, be more observant. And the Cat Witcher turns on his heel and storms out, leaving just Astrid and the guard captain. Astrid grins at the man, this maddening smile across her face, before she turns to walk out too, only she stops. She notices and recognises a face in the cage. Vargan, she looks at you and takes a step forward. Oh, is that my little friend? <laughs> her face pressed up against the bars. She casts her hands forward and they usually make you resist magic check. Oh no. And she swishes her fingers into the shape of an axie. Really? <laughs> fumble, oh. First fumble of the session brings you down to a two. Suddenly you feel yourself drop to your knees and bow your head to her. Oh, that's what I thought. Do you know what? Do you know what, fuck? I'm gonna play with your corpse when you're dead. She takes a step back away from you, laughing. <laughs> and she walks out the room, slamming the door behind her. The guard captain takes a moment, realizes he's stuck in with you lot, pulls on the door a few times before it eventually gives. He looks at you all and then storms out the door, slamming it. The mage that was pushed in was never even put in a cage. It was laying down against the metal. And you realise now why it didn't matter. Both hands have been hewn at the wrist. The mage is bleeding out profusely, pressed up against the bars to your cell. Shivering and convulsing. Looking right at you, Oda. Come closer, please, come closer, please. I uh, imagine Oda rushed over to Vargan's side well, with a hand on him, but now she moves forward slowly to the mage. He begins to choke blood and coughs out the words, Take, take it, reach, pocket, reach, pocket, please. Oh, what is it? Take it for Colkstein, please. And his words pass as his injuries take his life. Oh, God. Uh, well, Oda's going to move her, try to wriggle her hands through the bars, I guess, uh, towards uh, where the mage's pocket might be. But, um, yeah, she is a, definitely has a disturbed look in her eye. <laughs> you reach into the pocket and immediately you realise he, he has something of importance. There's a, an almost like hexagonal stone tablet inside his inner pocket. This is actually known as... An Eye of Nahaleni, a very rare device. And when held aloft, you can actually use it to dispel illusions. Uh, this would have been a relic that has been gathered across the continent, and no doubt this mage has been trying to keep it safe. I kind of roll it over in my hands before um, turning to Kalkstein. He looks at the door to see if things are quiet, and then turns back to you. I'm afraid... This is the mission, gathering relics and artifacts, uh, uh, making sure they make their way down the Pontar. Have you heard of Ilya Kalasar? No. It's said that she and some majors of Banard are creating safe passage for that which we have gathered, artifacts of magic, sorcery, spells, invocations, all of them. They are gathering them at the end of the Pontar. Apparently, if we can get them there, they'll be safe. And do you know not what comes after the Pontar? I'm sure Ilya has a plan. She always does. The Majon of Floor. Do you know his name? Morgan directs the question at Kalkstein. No, I didn't. But there was a missive. For those to come to me. And that we would load the barge with such possessions. I, I am sorry that you had to see this. Meanwhile, out and about... There is currently a webub riding a dog through the streets. And the witcher is keeping up with him, starting to get a bit out of breath now, because he can't be expected to run for that long. Though you do find Gorm is heading off a little bit erratically towards the garrison after following the tracks with the dog. And as much as there isn't much of a plan to this witcher, Arthwin, surely you don't want to have to face multiple guards at once. So I must ask, what will you do in this moment? I certainly don't want to face multiple guards at the same time, so um, 
where are we in relation to the garrison and can i see what's going on there okay so you are approaching the garrison you're just south of it and you can see it's probably about another minute or two away from you at this speed you can see there are lots of areas like market stalls or kind of uh, areas of buildings that you could hide in and get a better look and a scout around. Uh, but you do see that Gorm is very excitable and a lot of um, tact and strategy is flying away on the winds of change. No. Um, <laughs> so it's down to you. Right. Uh, it's, is, there, is it possible for me to get Gorm and Barksley's attention? Definitely. First thing is first, I'm going to try to use more traditional methods and just call out to Gorm. Where am I? Ah, Barkley, Barkley, stop, stop. Witch, witch, we don't know no much time, witch. Take a knee, uh, catch my breath, pet the dog, obviously. Obviously, Barkley loves it. He slobbers all over your hand and gives you a big lick on the side of the face. So I'm, I'm uh, looking at, at Gorm now and I just look at him. You're, you're not, you're not going to be saving anybody if you if you just run in there and get yourself killed. You you witch, you use big spell. Blow up wall. Then what? Get get friends. <sighs> I, how do I explain this to you? This is a bad idea. What? Uh, we need tact. Uh, we need, you need to and ah. oh, sort of almost give up. Gorm, I Gorm knows tactic. What's okay? I'm going to humor you. What's What's the plan? Gorm has six legs, and he kind of points around himself and Barksley. And then Gorm will get the guard run. You get friends. It dawns on me that that might not be the worst possible idea. Uh, a distraction. Mm. Gorm, uh, 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 strategy. Uh, and at this point, he has a buckler in his left hand and uh, a mace in the other one. Hit on head, and he kind of shows how one might hit another person in the head on himself without really doing it. Mix right. big dead and then say yeah, friends. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, mm. I get it. I get it. Mm. There's the, yeah, I, mm. right. But uh, mm. if you, th these friends of yours, they, they include the, <clears throat> the alchemist. Yes. If you think you can get them to chase you away. No, Gorn can get them to change. Yes. D draw the fights elsewhere. Get their attention. Mm -hmm. uh, I might be able to make a move. Okay. You have big spell, yes? Blow up wall? Uh, you you blow up wall, okay? I don't I don't usually blow up walls, but oh. you go go on ahead. Um, we'll see how this goes. Okay. And then go Barksley. And then they just no more. Before before you rush off, I just real quick give Barksley another pet because this might be the last <laughs> time I see him. He, he gives you those huge puppy dog eyes and you realize now this valiant mount, this beautiful beast, this is a big softy inside. And he, he slobbers and you give him a big, these big mastiff rolls because they're like giant bulldogs. Whoa, good boy. And he, he gives you a little like bark and then sniffs you a couple of times and then waits and like looks up, waits for Gorm to give him the kind of all clear on what to do. You're a good witch. Barksley likes you. Off you go. Barksley takes off. Gorm doesn't get a chance to finish his sentence. <laughs> Barksley knows what he wants to do. You go <laughs> running towards the garrison. You see three guards up on the high point who are just cleaning up of this wagon. Recently got some prisoners out of it, you believe. That's at the back of it. You run round and you get the guards' attention. One of them calls out, what the bleeding hell is that? It looks like you've got a mutant. As they run after you, they cause nearly three quarters of the garrison to just start following you 20 30 men all together running after you they're all falling <laughs> over each other but they do follow you as you begin to lead them through the street gorm is running after all his witch friends <laughs> and he's just kind of riding off ahead can you make a a riding check at a plus one i will use by land or sea so 19. So very good. You make off, you get distance. It's like you hear maniacal cackling from, from Gorm, <laughs> who is just like being chased. But that does allow the garrison to empty quite a lot. And what you now see from the angle you're at, which are a rather interesting scene. Before you, you actually see that on the southern side, there is a horse and a cart that clearly came with some kind of supplies. This wasn't the wagon. There is a well. And there is some stairs leading up the rear of the garrison. 
Um, what would be the general course of action? You see a flight of stairs right ahead of you. It's quite a, a reinforced building. Uh, it's well kept. Uh, the walls look thick and strong. I'm sorry to say this, and you knew this, but no simple signs will be blowing those walls open. <laughs> Are there any visible, obvious ways in without going through a door? No. All the windows no. are blocked by thick and sturdy bars. There is no glass in this building, at least not from the windows. Right, not going in there. Well, do do I see signs of the cart from before, or is that on the, the other side? The cart is on the northern side, where the guards are right. currently. You can see some guards through the gap, because there's this obviously little, this little like, tunnel gap between the garrison. When you look through that tunnel gap, uh, just where the stairs lead up, you can see on the other side a couple of guards are fiddling about and messing with the wagon, the dime-written mm. wagon that came. Right, right. Well, my options are quite limited. I guess I'm guess I'm heading through the door. Can you go ahead and make me a stealth check? Because I imagine you're going carefully, aren't you? Of course. I'm not very good no, at it. Okay. 19 is an incredibly good roll. Is this the kind of, like, sneaking where it's just quick and to the point? Or are you careful? Mm. Like, what's no, your approach? This is, this is... My approach is very... Like, I want to get out of here or get get in and out as fast as possible. I want to just, like, real quick, just, just slip un by undetected. Well, you move forward, and you are a dab hand at this. Believe it or not, this is not the first time you've snuck into a garrison. <laughs> you keep close to the wall. You wait and watch as the guards over by the Dimeritian wagon walk backwards and forwards, and you start to learn their patterns. You keep quiet, and you press up against a large wooden door leading into the building. You can see straw and hay, and you can see marks and scuff marks of how, believe it or not, your, you'd imagine your contacts were, were pulled in here. You know that to go through this door is the way you need to be going. Can I hear something through the door? You can roll me an awareness check. Uh, just know you won't need to roll stealth anymore today uh, for this scene because I'll keep that roll. And Thank Christ. <laughs> 17 is a very good roll. You press your head up against the wall and the door. You can pick up the, the subtle pheromones and odor of a human. But you can make out that there's not a lot of it, so it can't be more than one or two. Is there a way that I could... Is, is There's no way I could open the door discreetly? You could open the door discreetly. You did roll a 19 for yourself. Right. I, I want to sort of just very gently pop it ajar. You squeeze the door ever so slightly and you poke your head in to look. And you see on the table inside, with his back facing you, you do see a man eating food. A rather well-dressed man uh, of high station and rank, sort of bent over, gobbling on some kind of stew or soup. I think I'd rather not tangle with him. Okay. Mm. Is there a way... So what do I see? When you enter the room and you look in, you can see to the right there are a series of uh, cabinets and wardrobes. There's a chair. The rug underfoot is matted and uh, torn away and rough. The tables ahead of you to the far end of the room are for eating and there's some cheese and some various luxuries that the guards get to eat. And to the far left, you see some staircases going up to the second level or the first level, depends where you're from. My immediate instinct is to make my way across across the room, keeping a distance to him, uh, trying to get to that staircase. He keeps eating and he seems really into it. He grabs some bread, dips it in. It doesn't quite go in his mouth. He's shoving it. Oh, I'm not going to do that action again. He kind of like, <laughs> he's, sort of, he's sort of like just chowing down the food and he doesn't hear you. The carpet you managed to walk on, the rug, managed to keep the squeaks from the floorboards from creaking. You do notice that on the back of his belt, there is a keychain. Mm, should I do it? I'm going to need some advice here, guys. <laughs> From a mechanical point of view, he, his defense is going to be as slow now as it he would be if he was stunned. Mm. Or you grab one of the stools. <laughs> and you crack <laughs> his face open. <laughs> that's that's an option. I, mean, I, I guess I could just straight up murder the guy. Murder him or knock him out. There is another thing you can do. In brawling, there is a move to choke somebody if you want to knock him out. And I, uh, the rules do say the choke actually removes health, but I've always ruled it that it removes stamina before health. Okay. 
A chokehold? Yeah, you could try that. Yeah, silent takedown. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. It's, How about it's hard. this? If you try and choke him, you will be ambushing, what gives you a plus five to the roll. Mm, right, right, right. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna try to solve this naked. <laughs> you sneak up behind the man. I'm going to ask you to make me a special move brawling check at plus five. I so will say that you also have some luck. <laughs> and you have luck as well if you want to. It seems yeah. like the sort of moment to use that. 19, very good. He also takes a minus three because you're attacking him from behind. Yikes. And what I will say, because I fumbled by nine or more, I'm going to say that you wrap those big, muscly, hairy arms around his neck. Show him some bear love in the wrong ways. And you literally just choke. And he, there is stew spewing out of his gaps of his teeth. He's scrabbling for the arm of iron around his neck. As, as suddenly you just feel his struggling. And mm, I was about to say you've manhandled enough men, but that, we'll learn that later <laughs> in the story. But you, you know when it's enough. And you eventually just feel him, his head lock forward. And like, what do you do with his body? What would you do? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to try to make it look as if he's just fallen asleep at the table. I love it. That's amazing. I will have to give you a point of uh, extra IP at the end for that. That's so good. <laughs> you, you lay his head down forward, making sure his head's not in the stew, of course. We don't want to drown him on, on the... I don't want to no. drown the man in his stew. And you what, just nip the keys off his belt? Yeah. All right. You no longer have what you fear or what you believe anyone in this building with you. So... The relief. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm heading straight up the stairs. Uh, still trying to be careful, just in case uh, I'm, there's someone here that, I have, that I've missed. Okay. You find yourself in a horrifying room, Arthwin. Even for a witcher, you've seen some sights, but this, is, this just reminds you of the depravity of humans. Before you, a sinister torture bench. Blood, dried blood and fresh across the floors. You see a whip down on the ground next to you and a horrible ball and chain used to put someone through some atrocious acts. The door ahead of you to your right, a thick wooden door, is locked and closed. Right, do I see... Is the thick... Okay, the thick wooden door... Uh, do I hear or smell anything through that? It's pungent. It's a lot of human waste. This is this is a place right. for it, yeah. Human waste and blood. Right, so I don't want to be smelling. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> There's nothing else. This is otherwise a fairly featureless room, so... Well, despite all the, you know, uh, torture devices <laughs> and blood. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Um, I am uh, going to piece together that this is probably where they're keeping the prisoners. So I'm going to just try to open that door. You don't need to try hard. There's about four keys on that ring. And one of them slots into the key lock and you begin to turn it and it's easily unlocked. Inside the room, however, suddenly... Odor, bargain. The door swings open, and there you see this, this witcher. Odor, you recognize this man immediately. Odor is uh, half leaning against the like, corner of the cell, I guess, muttering in soft prayer before hearing the sounds of the door. And uh, I imagine she flinches and her eyes widen as the figure enters. She's really trying to have a, you know, get a good look at him. And you do indeed. Arthurin, you see these poor people. You see this dead mage on the ground. And then you see Kolkstein, uh, a person that you have met once or twice in the past. Oda, who you know, and some other faces you haven't quite got yourself familiarized with. Right, so I, I uh, step into the room and I immediately lead with a... All right, uh, nobody make any sudden moves. Uh, Oda? Uh, Arthwin. Is, is that you? Yes. <laughs> I sort of get distracted by the sight of Oda. I'm just to walk up to the bars. I'm just like, uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. I'm here to get you out of here. And his rich, his rich accent from from the region of the Amal Mountains where he comes from yeah. is like honey, honey <laughs> in your ears. Yeah. So um, as I say that, I uh, try to fiddle with the lock and open the cell. Uh, you hear happy cheers from the halfling and, all right, wonderful, we're going to be saved. It wasn't quite gone, but... Oh, oh, I'm really sorry. You open the door, you get the, the lock and you, you pull open the bar chains and already Sansa, she nods at you and goes, thank you very much, I appreciate it. How many are downstairs? She says as she turns on a heel to talk to you. I look at the elf and I say, uh, in the room below us, one unconscious man, 
the rest of the garrison, uh, I didn't get a good look, but... Does any of those key help with this? He'd say, reaching his uh, manacled hands forward. I just start attempting, just trying the, the, the manacles. And it goes through, it just clicks, they come away. And immediately, and when you remove the ones from your feet, you feel that rush of vigor return to you too. Of like, it's like you've been without water for days. <sighs> yeah. Thank you, friend. You can thank me later. We need to get out of here immediately. From the distance, through the slats, Vargan, before you say another word, you can just hear dogs barking and someone screaming, <laughs> and you can hear people charging around the building. <laughs> we will need to retrieve our equipment before we proceed further towards whatever that was. Any idea where they're keeping it? I do not know. Uh, Arthwin draws his steel sword and uh, turns toward to the staircase. Wait, Oda says, as she like reaches over to uh, touch uh, Arthur's shoulder. So he turns to look at her. I want to, I reach my hand over to his sword. Do I still have anything alchemical on me, by the way? No, you have none of your possessions. The only thing you have on you is the Eye of Nahali. Okay, it was an instinctive moment. And she reaches over to her pouch, but notices it's not there. And she shakes her head. I appreciate the thought. I'll take you up on it later. The halfling just grabs your arm, Odor, and says, I'll be right here. I don't want to get lost again. I gesture uh, wildly towards the stairs. Sometime this week, please. Uh, Vargan would, uh, without waiting, more or less just go first. He's used to this position. Vargan, you tear through the door and you see the stairs on your left. You've been walked up this way, you happen to know the route. As you head down the stairs and poke your head around, you see an unconscious snoring now, like really in the throes of some deep sleep. Um, A man passed out on the table down below. (laughs) As you see that, and I'm sure waiting at the bottom of the stairs for the rest of them to follow down, you give the all clear sign. Mm. I will will follow, but take a good look around the like torture room to see if there's anything she can pick up to defend herself with, like a whip or a chain or whatever. Really, (laughs) you can see the whip on the ground. You can pick that up. You can also pick up like a chair leg or something as a club, if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, just anything. Oh, the ball and chain? <laughs> that would do about 46 damage, and it would be a minus two accuracy to swing it with a melee skill. Oh, man. I make sure I give the halfling something the, as well. The halfling takes a smaller chair leg and goes, it's not quite my dagger, yeah. but it works. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, and the uh, unconscious guard, what kind of equipment is he wearing? Sadly, his weapons are currently in the armory for clear looks, but his equipment is like... Mm, it's like basic leathers. Uh, you can go ahead and roll me a tactics check if you want, just to kind of summarize them up real quickly. Tactics? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 15. But taking a quick look, the armor is mostly about 6 SP stopping power all over. With this little chain coif hood up and everything. That's a lot more than I could afford at the start. Oh my god. You're going to strip him, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, if you do not like to witness killing please avert your eyes he's going to walk over and it's gonna be like a loud noisy wet squelch as he snap tries to snap the <gasps> neck of the unconscious man. make me a physique check the dc's 13 because he's unconscious all right the crack is sloppy nice as all that stew was down his throat well then he would have been choking wouldn't he i i i think i i ejected quite a lot of stew <laughs> 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 But the neck breaks. The neck breaks clean. The breathing stops. The body slumps heavy onto the table. And then, very pragmatically, he like flip him over, start like undoing the buckles so he can like take it for himself. I'm gonna say it's gonna take about five minutes to get that gear off him and dress yourself. And if it, if we go unmolest until then, I'll stuff him in the uh, bed in a corner and put a oh, cover. Oh wow! Somewhere. Very very clever. You go and stuff him in the bed and you lay him down. Okay, you make him look like he's sleeping. I like that a lot. The halfling watches all this happen. He goes, Mori, that's quite impressive. Oh, you've got to do a thing or two to learn a little bit about surviving. He says as he waddles over to the table and he stands He stands next to it, grabs himself an apple, pops it in his pocket, and then <laughs> runs over. Um, Colkstein, however, comes up next to him. You do notice he's struggling. He's an older man, and he's really struggling with the wear and tear of this whole ordeal. He puts his hand on Sansa's shoulder, who's now with him. Witcher, says the uh, elf, did you see any means of escape on the way in? 
He can't run. He's an old man. We can head south of here, uh, straight down the path. Uh, we shouldn't have too much trouble. Uh, there, we caused a distraction on the way in. Who caused a distraction? Uh, I'll... I'll... Uh, a... Uh, a werebub? I'll tell you about it later. It's a long story. The, the halfing just goes, Go! <laughs> Instinctively, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's Gorm. It's Gorm's come to save us. And you, Master Witcher. Gorm is here. You know Gorm? We don't have the time for this. I'm sorry, getting myself all kinds of excited, I am. Right. I'm Fluffy, by the way. And it's nice to meet you. I, uh, I, I, face, I face the halfling and I say, rule number one of surviving, don't get distracted. I won't get distracted, Master Witcher. I won't. Focus. Sansa comes over quite authority herself, says, I will go first. Please leave with the others. I give her a nod. Let's all get going, all of us. And she says, as she pushes the door open, she peeks out. The coast is clear. Come on, let's go. Who goes out the door after she's peering around it, holding it with her hand? I'm going to sort of take the corner here and just make sure everyone gets out. I'm going to lead up the back. All right. And then I'm going to try to uh, sneak across. Uh, by sneaking, he walks in a very sudden predatory gait, like uh, leaning forward with his upper torso. As he walks with purpose across, quietly, ideally. Can you roll me a stealth check, please? I can. Do I have to? You absolutely definitely have to. Okay. Yes. 11... Yeah, you make it across, you sneak a bit. There are actually a few guards in sight as you cross, I can tell you that now. The ones that remain have wandered up to go and see what's going on with the commotion as this uh, werebub is still running past with a dog and someone just says, get the crossbows, I've had enough of this. I gesture towards the woman in a sense of urgency that uh, someone are on their way back. And then, you know, in a stage whisper, they call me to retrieve their weapons. She sees you. She gestures for Colkstein to stay behind and for Fluffy too. And uh, she nods at the Witcher. We've got to do something about this quickly. We've got to get into that room. Isn't a better idea to get the old man and the halfling out of here first? I will take them, but you better not be far behind me, please. And she turns and she follows your advice. She heads out and you just see her disappear down the steps along with Colkstein who nods at you and goes... Uh, th thank you for following my letter here. I hope we get a chance to talk. I certainly hope so too. Before following after Sansa, Fluffy goes, All right then, best of luck, and just wanders <laughs> off to the, th the other. As, as he wanders off, I, I remind him with a with a, with a a finger to, to shh. Oh, right, absolutely, he says as he, as he follows. So looking outside, I guess, is... There's no one Fargan. out in the courtyard. It's just no. Fargan behind. He's kind of perched up behind some barrels as he's looking out over them. He can see some guards in the far off distance. Vargan, you do get the idea that you could whip around the barrels and go for the door, but you would have to be quick. And I mean really quick, okay. as in like, what is your speed stat? <laughs> Four. Could could I make it? Do, uh, do I have... What's your speed? My speed is seven. Yeah, you could make it. Right. I'm going to step out the door and uh, gesture towards Vargan that I'm uh, that I'm heading, to heading for the door. In us rush for the door and you throw it open slipping in the door is now open and unlocked and it's at a jar so you could do the same he's then going to quickly run after him Oda what's your speed five so I'm thinking I'm probably gonna like move towards the barrels first maybe and then like kind of do that way it was so, wise like... you did that because I was about to say the patrol do look back for a moment thinking where did we keep those bloody crossbows I was still storing them up in the top. I can't remember. And then as they're talking about it, you have a moment to watch him turn back around before you can also rush into the door and join your father and the Witcher. You close the door behind you? Yeah. All right. We need to quickly see if any of the keys fit uh, into the big chest. Yeah. You unlock the door. It swings open at the end of this hall. So just to describe what you're looking at, there are multiple rows of weapon stands all the way down this thin room. On the, on the left-hand side, there's a, a number of weapons. There is a crossbow, there is a, a, a bow, a short bow, you can see a dagger, an axe. Some things are broken, some things are not in as good condition, um, and there are an assortment of different weapons in the stands. But at the end of the room where Arthwin has walked, you find uh, this armory cage. The chest in the inside, however, looks like it's recently been used. Odie, you saw your staff in that 
chained room like it was up against the wall you see all of your possessions and your components and things like that inside the chest okay well just going to rush over and grab all my stuff attach all the pouches and (laughs) just grab it all (laughs) look a little bit more at ease Uh you guys set to work Vargan is there something you want to do there uh what kind of bow was it is it a short bow or a long bow it is a I would say that's a short bow and the axe is just a what a battle axe it's just a simple battle axe yeah Okay. Uh, do we just super quick? Do we see any uh, other useful looking uh, make items? Make me an awareness check. If you're, oh no no no, I take that back. Maybe a deduction check. Fifteen's very good. You look around. You mostly see just the typical assortment of weapons from a guard, from guards here. Uh, what you do hear, however, as you're deducing what's in the room. Yeah yeah, I'll get it. How many do you want? Two. How many crossbows does it take to shoot a bloody dog? Quick! I know this business as she uh, ducks in the corner. The the door that I'm facing at the moment is it's bars, yeah. It is just bars, yeah. Yes. So there's no different way to open it from this side. No. Right. You have a few seconds to react and think because I'm going to I'm going to enforce yeah. this one as this person's approaching. All right, uh, I I'll just join them. The door swings open. You hear a loud fart as the person walks in. <laughs> Scrummages around for a little bit. Goes, yeah, yeah, I found him. I found him. All right, there we go. You hear a sound of a scuffle of items, clank of some bolts being loaded, and the door closing as someone walks away. <sighs> Quickly take anything of use, and then we're going right. to burn the place as we leave. He looks towards some of the lit lanterns. Ooh. Oh. That was my thought. That that was my thought as well. Yeah. I like it. I'd also like to scavenge for useful uh, tools. Maybe even there's a full plate armor in a box. No. <laughs> I'm afraid you don't find any more armor. The only thing you find is a multiple scattering of common weapons or even weapons with availability of everyone just lying around. If you want a sword, if you want a dagger, if you want a crossbow, if you want a short bow, you know, that kind of thing. They're just everywhere. What you can find is another uh, 10 arrows, which would be useful for yeah, you, I imagine. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there arrows? Yeah, another 10 arrows. In fact, 20. Take 20 arrows. It's an armory, for goodness well, sakes. Well, you're so <laughs> good to me. I am. I'm a very giving person. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing, though. I'm not the most giving, right? Because currently, Gorm, you're now riding around on a dog out there, weaving between stalls and shops and weaving between people. I'm going to need you to make me a couple of dodge and escape checks. Oh, dear. You want dodge and escape or you want uh, riding? I want I want dodge and escape. I'm going to pop five luck into this. Make me two. That's 23. 17. That's enough. Just enough on the second Beautiful. one. Just enough. I rolled a 16. Uh, <laughs> as two crossbow bolts whistle past you as you're running, as you're like rushing on the back of Barksley. Okay, plan was good. Things are getting a little messy now, and this could be dangerous for you. So, Barksley barks, which is his thing. As you begin to lead people around, you think even for you, you may be pushing it a little bit now in terms of distraction. What is there anything you want to do here? I think uh, Gorm is going to try and and ride the long way around the city to then start heading back towards the bridge. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. As for the rest of you, I have to ask, what is it you're going to do? What is, What are you doing inside? I am by the door already rushing the others. I imagine I uh, follow my father's lead uh, in trying to take off one of the lanterns. Yep. Maybe spilling some extra oil over the place and just like throwing the flag candle down. Wargan is looking at the battle axe and a knife. Could be useful. He grabs those to uh, like just have it onto his belt. I make a gesture towards Oda that is somewhat reminiscent of the sign for Igni to remind her that yeah, all right, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You splatter the oil, but you have the lantern. The oil is everywhere. You see the witcher who's preparing the sign. I'm not going to make you roll spellcasting for that. It's a narrative sign, so I'd hate for you to explode right now. That wouldn't be very cinematic. <laughs> it would fit very nicely with the how the session started with me and Gorm as the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, you see Arthwin at the door. He's gesturing you out. His fingers, yeah. it, the orb of flame beginning to form between his fingertips as as you see Falcon running up with this lantern in his own hand. Yeah, he's more or less just going to just try to briefly crack it and just like drop it onto the oil behind himself. You just crack it against the wall and you just throw it behind you. And the this big rush of flames, this odor's oil, just lights creasing up the walls into the floorboards above and also just dripping down. The whole area just, you know, like when a rush of oxygen enters a very tight, confined space, almost a fireball ripples out across the ceiling. (laughs) I have to tell you this, you go out, you already see in the distance, a lot of those guards are coming back. They see you and they're like, hey, they're burning down the garrison. You see one of the men calling out, and you see them beginning to approach from the north as they are dozen, 10, 20, 30 men coming this way. What are you guys going to do? Run, run to the cart. Are you running full sprint? And that's just it. As you get down, Vargan, as you run, you're a little slower than the rest of them, Vargan, but as you get down there, you do see Sansa, and she calls out. She's like, quickly, over here. We've got the wagon ready. This will help us. Quick. He quickly just kicks the barrel, so it'll just roll out to be annoying for anyone else that might be running. Oh, nice. thinking. You kick the barrel, it slides, and just this kind of like honey-like mead just pours all off the ground. You're running down, Vargan, and uh, whereabouts in the wagon would you seat yourself? There's this uh, kind of two-berth wagon. It's, it can fit two across, and there's about enough space for about six or seven people inside. A simple loading wagon, a supply cart. At least one person should be driving it. Are there two spots at front? At a push. It's more suited for one person to seat, but yeah. He'll more or less uh, go near the back and tell him to scoot in for him. (laughs) Okay. Right, we're we're off. You load up to the wagon. uh, After when you grab the reins of the horse. Uh, The horse, by the way, is very disturbed. There's now smoke and fire. The flames flickering through those windows, those barred windows. There's an explosion inside as some kind of alcohol explodes. Spreading up the walls, the flames just getting thicker. People are now rushing down into the garrison and there are actually people starting to approach where Vargan kicked over the barrel. Some of them slip over and fall. It gets very serious. I need you to try and calm this horse in some way to get it to listen to your command. Immediate sign here. This is instinctive and quick. I'm going to have to ask you for a basic spellcasting roll. You want to beat um, a DC 12 on this one, I will say. There it is. 17? Yep, that's more than enough. The horse calms down and it looks like it's ready to listen to your commands. But that is where we are going to stop today. So, join us in episode 2 of The Witcher Chaos on the Pontar to find out what happens next. Until next time, bye-bye. So, join us in episode two of The Witcher, Chaos on the Pontar, to find out what happens next. Until next time, bye-bye.